and welcome to the Wheel of Crime podcast. This podcast is ran by two ladies who play games, mumble profanities, and laugh way too often. Also, this podcast does cover topics of sensitive nature, and as such, listener discretion is advised. to a brand new episode of the Wheel of Crime podcast. My name is Jen. And my name is Emily. And yes, it has been another hopefully super spooky week. I hope nobody ran into a uh, a black-eyed child last week or into Laughing Jack because uh, the, the, that ends badly, I guess. Yeah, you definitely don't want candy in your guts. Mm. Or do you? I do actually want candy in my guts. <laughs> <laughs> well then, I hope you did run into Laughing Jack. <laughs> I, maybe, you never know. Life is strange like that. Um, but yes, uh, welcome. It is our our uh, we- a werewolf, <laughs> a werewolf and vampire episode of the week have uh, so jen how has your last week been you you done anything interesting or met any werewolves or potential vampires hmm yeah you know every day i meet like a new interesting person like this week i met like six vampires and like three werewolves so it's kind of like a light week in terms of like mm, yes. meeting interesting people but like you know, sometimes it's just like that, you know? This, Not every week's going to be as interesting as the others. This is true. I think it's because you live in a bigger city than me. I I would say my average is about, <laughs> like, maybe five vampires if I'm lucky. Maybe two werewolves. Oh. Yeah, you need to you need to move to the big city. We got, we got all the vampires and werewolves. It's pretty cool, you know? It's just, like, casual, everyday outings, really. I can only imagine... Um, so, do we want to share uh, if we're Team Edward or Jacob to begin with, or what are you thinking? Yes, okay. So, but if you pick one, whoever you pick, you have to justify it. Oh, I can justify it. <laughs> <laughs> I've thought a lot about this. So, as a child, I was like 12, like in middle school when Twilight first uh, became really popular. So, I was like deeply rooted in the fandom at the time and like loved the books loved the movies and i think i was like solidly team edward and you know i i i kind of did go back and forth because i was like you know like i'm team edward but like jacob like there's always like a soft spot for him Mm -hmm. but revisiting as an adult i feel like i have to be team edward because i just cannot get over the fact that Jacob imprinted on a baby. <laughs> okay, that... Uh, listen, listen, listen. So, I had to deal with Jen. <laughs> what During this phase. Because I personally was not super into, like, Twilight or then. Like, I thought the books were okay. But I wasn't really, like a like, a super fan or anything like that. So, it's interesting for me because I got really hung up on the whole imprinting thing too I remember at the time when it happened people were like no it's fine she's like it's just it's justifiable and I was like bitch where it's a baby (laughs) where where's the justification my friend at the time like I remember when I read the book where that happened I was just like Mm, like I was mad for Bella. I was pissed with her. And then you he's like, oh, I need, on I my need, daughter." <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, "Oh, I nicknamed her Nessie," and she's like, "You nicknamed my daughter, daughter after, after the Loch Ness, Ness monster." <laughs> exactly. And I was pissed. I was like, with Bella, I was like, "Nope, unacceptable." We gonna we gonna get Jacob. We're fighting and it's not Jacob be good. at dawn. Gather your pitchforks. <laughs> he's going down. He's going down. But I always felt bad for him. Because, like, I, I was like, oh, it's kind of sad that he's always in the friend zone. And now he has to date a baby or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. First he was in the friend zone. And now he has to date a baby. His life is the worst. <laughs> I've never thought of it that way, but you've got a point. That's a pretty solid point. 
Like, I get to that resume or whatever her name was, like, aged up really quickly. <laughs> resume. Renesme. Whatever. Same thing. Like, I guess that she was, like, express growing up where they, like, blinked and all of a sudden she was, like, eight years old. I still don't feel like it's justified. Like, there, no, none of it. The ultimate grooming of a child happened in that novel. Literally. It's like, yeah, okay, so I've got... What did, what did Bella say? Your wolfy. She says said something about like your wolfy blah blah blah, but then it's like okay, but you're and then he's like, well, this is why I liked you, Bella. It wasn't about you. I was actually in love with your egg. Hell, what? What? I I'm in love with your fetus, Bella. This is why I wanted to date you. <laughs> no. All this time was leading up to this moment with Renesmee, which is the dumbest name. And even at the time, as like a 13-year-old, I was like, "Mm, okay, sis. Like, we couldn't think of anything better. I was genuinely upset. I was like, hey, you have what I'm hoping is an alleged beautiful daughter, even though she tried to eat you at some point. And you name her a name I can't even remember half the time. Like, what? Renesmee. You see, my brain has it, like, saved in there as, like, renews me or something. Because I remember reading it in the book first before... I don't even know if I watched the movie. I feel like the only Twilight movie I've ever seen was the first one, and that was with you. And that was it. No. Oh, wait. Yeah. I can't remember if we watched the first one or if we watched New Moon together. It was one of them. But I've only ever seen one of them, and that was with you. Yeah. See, like, the name was for... Esme, who's, uh, like, her mother-in-law, I guess, in this weird family that Edward has. And Renee, which is her mom. So she combined them to be Renesme. Right, and it's like, I get it, I guess. I don't love it. But (laughs) how about a completely new name? See, like, even in the books, like, I remember when she, like, tells her mom about the name. To me, like, I read it like her mom was like, oh, are you sure? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, are you sure you like that idea for, like, a child? Is that, like, a good idea? (laughs) You can just keep the drawing board up, you know, sit on it for a minute. Right. Meanwhile, her mom's like, she's got nine months. She'll change her mind and fucking Bella births this baby in like two days or some shit. I can't even remember. It's like, I remember, um, I remember just so many questions. I feel like nothing has made me question anything more than the Twilight series. First of all, I was like, okay, he has no blood, yet somehow he can pump out sperm, I guess. And now there is a child, but this child is like, and like, apparently it's like fully functional for a being that's supposed to like live hundreds of years in like two weeks. Something's not adding up, Mrs. Whatever your name is, author lady, Stephanie Myers. Stephanie Meyer. Yeah, the lore behind Renesmee as a child is kind of strange. But, with that being said, we have been talking about this for like 10 minutes. And so I are you Team Edward or Team Jacob? Which team I'm on yet? <laughs> yeah, which team are you on? Okay, so I feel like with the book, like the book series and the movies, like kind of like you, if you take everything into account, I have to pick Edward because fuck that noise with imprinting on the resume fetus or whatever. Um... But I feel like if you, like, took them out of the series and they were just, like, two guys that were standing in front of you and you're like, oh, here is Edward. He's, like, pale and needy. And and then you, <laughs> and then you, on the other side, you have, and here's Jacob. He's, like, kind of feral sometimes. I don't think I'd pick either of them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> when you put it like that. Like, that's basically what it comes down to is like, okay, do you want, like, the moody, pale guy who's like, you can't be with me because of my family? Or do you want, like, the other guy who's like, ugh, I need you all the time. Like, the option's not (laughs) looking good. 
the moral of the story is they both have anger issues that need to be worked on and addressed. <laughs> I think it's fair to say that every single person in that series or whatever needs therapy. All of them. They all Truly. need to speak to a mental health professional. I mean, it's a Team Edward, Team Jacob. As long as you're not Team Jasper, who's a former Confederate soldier, then I think For you're doing For some reason, okay. that was included. Also had no idea what that meant when I was, like, what, like, 13? And now as an adult, I'm like, that's a interesting inclusion. Choice. Why? Why is he here? <laughs> interesting backstory, I guess. But, like, uh, questionable questionable for sure at best it's questionable it doesn't it doesn't get better than that yes yeah <laughs> agree love that for us um but yes on that note we should spin our wheel of questions though and get a, get a move on our lovely episode here yes let's do it so which would you rather actually exist vampires or werewolves obviously everybody's got their own opinion about whether or not they are already real but say we live in a world where these are made up stories which which would you rather actually exist a vampire or a werewolf i think a werewolf because they're just like a big puppy and because i would never want to run into a vampire who's just gonna like oh i'm gonna suck your blood blah. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> See, I also would rather a werewolf exist, but only because I actually, so like I deeply thought about this with like what stories, like what the <laughs> mythology is behind the two and what the stories are between like, you know, vampires and werewolves without taking Stephanie Meyer's gobbledygook into this. Um, yeah. And werewolves are literally normal people, except for like one night in a month or like 28 days or whatever the moon cycle is right so it's like okay but if you're thinking about it a vampire is like all the time like they see mm -hmm. sleep during the day they come out at night they suck they suck your blood you're dead the end you're dead whereas like with a werewolf they just have like they can have a job like live a normal life and then just one night of the week you would just lock them up in a room somewhere and be like okay here's Here's some steak, my friend. Have a good one. And then come find them the next day and get them going back to their job. Yeah, wake them up the next morning for their 9 to 5 corporate job. Here, here's your pants and a cup of coffee. Get going. You're already late. You're already running behind. See, that's my thing. Is like, I feel like a werewolf would be more manageable and not much would change. Whereas, like, with vampires, like, I don't know if nightclubs would exist if there was just, like, vampires running the streets at nighttime. Yeah. I I agree with you. I feel like vampires, like, they have most, like, I don't really know any vampires that have good motives, so... I know literally of zero vampires <laughs> with good motives. Again, taking Stephanie Meyer's Especially... gobbledygook out of this. <laughs> Yeah, especially your one that you talked about a long time ago. Oh my with god, the with long the long finger. fingernails scratching <laughs> her window. Literally stuff of nightmares. I still think about that story actually. <laughs> like just I still think about every that. Every now story. and again I still think about it and I'm like, hmm. Yeah, I still hate that. That's still no fun for me. <laughs> still gonna be a hard end to the oh. Mm-hmm. Alright, let's move on to our next question. Which would you rather be killed by, a vampire or a werewolf? Werewolf. Really? Well, okay. Uh, I mean, I don't know if I would, like, blood creeps me out. So, I like, if I was killed by a vampire and, like, there was a chance of me coming back as a vampire, I would just starve to death. Because I'd be like, <laughs> ew, get your fucking nasty-ass blood away from me. Like, I don't want to touch that shit. Like... Ew. You but look for the vegan alternative, or the vegetarian exactly. alternative, beet juice. But I wouldn't want to kill animals either, so I would just die. But as a werewolf, it would just be over for me, and I think I would prefer that. You know, like if it's over, it's over. Like let's not prolong the thing by like making me 
eternal as a vampire. Like, no thanks. See, I am not in the same boat as you. <laughs> I I would rather the vampire kill me. But only because I thought about this and I thought about it and I was like, okay, I don't know if I would come back or not. Because, like, with werewolves, you can still come back as a werewolf. Like, if it scratches you and you live. Hmm. So I was like, okay, so either way, do I come back? Who's to say? If I'm just straight up dying, I would pick the vampire. Because I feel like a werewolf, like, are they going to maim you, rip your head off? It all sounds painful. Whereas, like, with a vampire, they just, like, suck your blood. And then you get dizzy and you probably get a little bit happy-go-lucky. Like, ha ha ha, isn't this funny? You're killing me. And then you die. And that's it. Mm, I, I'm going to have to stick to my guns because if there's any chance that I'm surviving, I would rather be able to just like, you know, have it be a one day a month thing and clock back into your nine to five life. the next day. Exactly. Fair okay. Enough. I got shit to do. Fair enough. See, I feel like personally my lifestyle wouldn't change that much because I'm already operating on vampire hours. So... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe maybe that'll That's be true. our next thing is that you'll be a werewolf and I'll be a vampire and we'll just still have this podcast. You know, that would make us go viral for sure. It sure would. Um, all right, let's spin for our next question. Okay, would you rather be a vampire or a werewolf? I guess that kind of leads into our previous question. I mean, I just, like, not that I would rather be a werewolf, but I just, for some reason, feel like it fits my personality and who I am more. Does that make sense to you? (laughs) It actually does make sense. I'm not going to lie to you. (laughs) I feel, if anything, I feel like you give off more werewolf vibes also. Like, there's no vampire vibes from you. (laughs) See, like, my younger self would have been like, oh, I want to be a vampire. I'd be so fucking cool. Like, blah, blah, blah. Mm. But, like, adult me knows. Like, you know what? I've accepted that I would be a werewolf. And, you know, I don't necessarily love that for me. But I can accept that about myself. Okay? I know who I am. And that is a werewolf. You know what? I love that. I love that for you. I have no idea which vibes I give off personally. You're for sure vampire vibes. Like, you don't give me any werewolf vibes. <laughs> Emily, you were like 0% fe- like feral, all blood sucking. <laughs> Just. <laughs> you know what, though? I think you're right, too. <laughs> like, I thought about it and I was like, okay, well, I am up like most of the night, all these other things. Well, probably. I feel like I give off at least mild vampire vibes. Yeah. For sure. Which would you rather be if you, like, had to pick? I'd be okay with really either one of them. It's, like, kind of what you were saying, like, before with your werewolf. At least, like, I could still, like, maintain a 9-to-5 job. And, like, <laughs> with, with like, what I do right now and if I was a vampire, not much would change. Because I'm used to, like, working, like, the night shift and, like, other weird random things. So, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I will say it would feel like more of a hindrance to be a vampire, especially if you're thinking about, like, them in the traditional sense where, like, sunlight, like, kills them and garlic mm. is, like, a no. Because If anything, I would die it, immediately because I would try to eat garlic. And that would be it. Yeah. That would, that would be it for you. You would just be, like, eating a clove of garlic and they'd be like, Emily, stop, it's killing you. And you're like... But it's worth it. Yep. And then it, I would immediately, like, turn into ash and fly away. And then you'd be like, oh, where's Emily? And they they would be like, oh, she ate garlic and passed away. And you're like, sounds about right. Checks out. <laughs> that checks out, actually. <laughs> R.I.P. Exactly. You will be dearly missed. Yeah. All right. Let's spin <laughs> for our last question. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Would you rather date either a vampire or a werewolf? Again, not Edward or Jacob terms, but like say you just, there's two really hot guys or hot people 
in front of you. And one of them is a vampire, like, really truly a vampire, and the other one is really truly a werewolf. Like, to you, which one would you be more likely to date? See, I think younger me would have been, like, vampire all the way. Mm -hmm. But older me, I don't know why. I'm just feeling the werewolf these days. I can see that. See, I feel like the werewolf is more steady. He's a little bit more settled. Whereas, like, the vampire... He's got a wild side. Yeah. But, like, overall... But still, like, reining it in. Whereas, like, I feel like there's just so much chaotic energy that would go into dating a vampire. A hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about you? (laughs) I have no idea. There's there's pros and there's cons. (laughs) For sure. To both. To both like, of both those. have cons, for sure. I feel like you're much more likely to die by accident dating a vampire. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's true. But then also, at the same time, with like being awake during the day and them being awake at nighttime, you wouldn't have to see them that often. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I like seeing my significant <laughs> other. <laughs> right? You I know. okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm like thinking about where, like, if you're dating a monster, though, like, how often do you want to see them? Because, like, <laughs> like, I get that you like them and everything, but are you being forced to date them? Is that what this? <laughs> um, I don't know. I feel like I would probably pick the werewolf just for the whole, like, them being more settled. I feel like as like a younger person, I totally would pick vampire because I'd be all about that chaotic energy and be like, yes. Let's go nightclubbing. Let's go suck my blood in a park. Like, come on. Like, 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 let's do something fun. Whereas, like, nowadays, I'm like, you know what? There's enough craziness with my regular life. Just turn into a wolf once a month and we'll call it good. I'll lock you in a closet and, you know, I'll give go you treats. for a girl's weekend. I'll tell you you're a good boy. I'll do whatever you want as long as it's one night a month. The rest of the month is for me. <laughs> Exactly. Um, Okay, so that concludes our question round. So in folklore, a werewolf or occasional lycanthrope is a human with the ability to shapeshift into a wolf, um, either purposely or after being placed under a curse or affliction with the transformations occurring on the night to the full moon. Early sources for this belief uh, in ability or affliction called lycanthropy are Petronius from the year 27 to 66 and Gervais of Tilbury uh, one, year 1150 or 1228 or two. Um, but on that note, I will tell you my story. So take it away, Em. All right. So depending on who you want to believe, Peter Stumpf was either a severely deranged individual with an undiagnosed mental illness, a victim of the fight between Catholics and Protestants, or a werewolf acting under the command of Satan himself. Little is known about Peter... (laughs) Yeah. Because Satan's always here. Satan is always here. And what what great options this man has. We're off to a great start. Right? I love this for him. So, <laughs> so little is known about Peter Stump's, Stump's early life prior to his eventual confession to well over a dozen brutal murders. So, what we do know about Stump is that he was a farmer in a small German town of Bedburg in the late 16th century. Stump was ultimately arrested in 1589 following a purported string of brutal deaths throughout Bedburg originally thought to have resulted from wolf attacks. Stump became suspect number one after reportedly being caught red-handed by a band of hunters tracking a large wolf only to come across Stump instead, at which point they purportedly witnessed him transforming from wolf to man before their astonished eyes. Stump was then captured and taken to the local magistrates to be questioned. However, according to one of the primary sources detailing the events, a translated copy of the original German accounts published in London in 1590 uh, called The Damnable Life and Death of Stubb Peter by George Bors, after being put on the rack, 
but before the authorities had a chance to torture him, he voluntarily confessed his whole life and made known the villainies in which he had committed for the space of uh, for the space of the year. What he reportedly confessed under the threat of torture was that at the age of 12, making him 37 at the time of his capture, if these reports are accurate, he'd engaged in the art of black magic and succeeded in summoning the devil. <laughs> so. Of course. Naturally. Of course he did. Because that's what happens. So, Stumpf continued. <laughs> An everyday occurrence. Every time. So, Stumpf continued by explaining that Beelzebub had presented him with a magical belt that would allow him to assume the likeness of a greedy, devouring wolf, strong and mighty, with eyes great and large, which in the night sparkled like bands of fire, and a mouth great and wide, with most sharp and cruel teeth, a huge body, and mighty paws. So when asked about the location of the belt, Stumpf insisted that he had dropped it. How he dropped it, something explicitly designed to keep other things from falling off, isn't clear. Uh, <laughs> just prior to being captured, which led directly to which directly led to his capture. So, after a search for the belt, where Stumpf claimed he dropped it, turned up nothing. It was taken as a sign that Lucifer had snatched the evil the evil artifact back before it could fall into anyone else's hands. Instead of, you know, that maybe the belt didn't exist at all. So, though fantastical, this account was corroborated by the group of hunters who had captured Stumpf, and, as mentioned, swore blind that they had been pursuing a large wolf when they happened upon the shape-shifting Stumpf. So, Stumpf maintained that he'd used the belt over the years to turn into a lycanthrope. While making use of this unfathomable power, Stumpf claimed that he was overcome with the intense urge to consume blood and flesh. An urge he managed to sate for many years by killing sheep and newborn lambs, often with his teeth and drinking their still warm blood. Stumpf claimed that sometime later he then moved on to murdering and consuming human victims. So, exactly how many people Stumpf has supposedly had supposed to have killed wasn't made clear by the official account, though he explicitly admitted to killing 14 children supposedly including his own son, whose brains he was rumored to have eaten raw, and two pregnant women whose unborn children he also cannibalized. Stumpf also explained that the belt gave him, to, gave him a voracious sexual appetite. <laughs> because of course it did. Because of course it did. Of course it did. So, <laughs> and that he had courted many mistresses over the years, including a succubus sent to him by Satan. So, beyond the succubus, Stump's sexual conquests were reported to have included his own daughter, who purported bore him a child, which he had killed as mentioned, his sister, Ew. Yeah, and a local gossip, sometimes identified as a cousin. So nobody, nobody, not even his own family, is safe from this weird, shape-shifting, devil man... Who... That's literally disgusting. I don't like Mr. Stubb. No, and I like, too, that this literally all comes down to, well, the devil gave me a belt when I was 12, so then I had to have sex with my sister. <laughs> like, how... What? What? Logically, it's the only answer, of course, Emily. Like, dude, come on. And then it's like, okay, and then <laughs> Satan stole it back, which... Okay, but... But this local gossip, uh, who was sometimes identified as his cousin, her name was Catherine Trumpen, or Ka Katharina Trump, and his daughter and Trumpen were subsequently accused of being party to many of Stump's murders and, like him, were sentenced to death. So not only were they victimized by this terrible man who claims he's a werewolf, but then they were also sentenced to death because he, so he murdered at least 14 children, and then among that he murdered a few adults. Um, but they were like, well, he obviously had an accomplice, and it must have been you guys. So then they were, they also died. That is so heckin' rude. Like, can you imagine, like, someone you're related to not only abuses you your whole life, but then you 
get like wrapped into their murder thing and you're like oh okay like i'll just go fuck myself i guess literally like like what else would you even be able to do like oh okay i've only been you know taken advantage of my entire life um let's just keep it going i guess yeah let's just just keep piling on that's fine yeah Yeah, totally cool just please make it worse that would be awesome um (laughs) so continuing it may be well the case of that Stumpf and his two cohorts really did commit the brutal murders, but serial killers seeming with uh, seem- with serial killers seemingly having existed throughout history, and he may have really confessed to all those things as reported in the official account of events, which due to their shocking nature were widely copied through Europe after his execution. However, it has also been speculated that he may have simply been a victim of the politics at the time, and the hysteria over werewolves and other supernatural creatures. Bedburg, formerly a Protestant region, had recently been overthrown in 1587 by Count Werner von Salm Dyke and his soldiers who were staunchly Catholic. Thus, it has been speculated that perhaps Stumpf, likely a Protestant as most who were who grew up in the region, was likely being made an example of. Those who hold to this theory use evidence the fa- use evidence such as the fact that Stump's execution was reportedly done in the presence of many peers and princes of Germany, an odd thing for the nobility of the time to witness, and this is something not generally reported for the executions of witches and the like in the region of this time. Although it may have been that his crimes were so fantastical that even the aristocracy, uh, or aristocracy, I don't know why I said it like that, uh, were curious to come and see the man. Whatever the truth behind the crimes, we do know from detailed accounts the absolute brutal way Stumpf was executed. So, while Stumpf's mit- mistress and daughter were sentenced to be burned to death, Stumpf himself was sentenced to one of the most cruel forms of capital punishment known at the time, which is being broken on the wheel. So, thus, on October 31st, 1589, Stumpf was dragged through the streets of Cologne, and the the nearest city to the hamlet of Bedburg, and strapped to a large wooden wheel with his limbs splayed out at an awkward, excruciating angles. Searing hot pincers were then used to tear ten strips of flesh from his legs and arms, exposing the bone, and then using a heavy, blunted hatchet, the bones of his arms and legs were expertly broken, one after the other. And then after all this, Stump's head was hacked from his body. Then his body was burned, along with his daughter, uh, her name was Beal, whose beauty and good grace was such as deserude commendations, uh, and the gossip, who they also called his mistress, Catherine Trompin. So, finally, his head was placed on a pole attached to the torture wheel, which also had attached a depiction of a wolf. It was then left on public display as a warning to all sorcerers and witches, which lawfully follow their own uh, devilish imagination to the utter ruin and destruction of their souls internally. So whatever the truth of his reported crimes and confession, today Strumpf lives on in infamy as the werewolf of Bedburg. Hmm. So he was likely just a dude who was prosecuted for his religion. Awesome! Yeah, so, but the weird thing, though, is that even though that is the most likely reason, he still stands by the whole werewolf thing. Like, that came from him and from the Mm. people who captured him. They were like, we saw him turn into a werewolf. And then he was like, yes, I turned into a werewolf. And maybe he's like, well, I'm going down anyway, so I'm going to be cool. If I'm going down, it's going down in history, my guys. (laughs) I'm going down as a werewolf, and no one will be able to prove otherwise. (laughs) (laughs) Suckers. Right? Very strange. But, yeah. And uh, he's one of of history's most notorious uh, serial killers who may or may not have been a werewolf. He probably was. Let's all be honest with ourselves. Oh, like, totally. know the truth. Absolutely. Just, but only with a belt. Like, the full moon had nothing to do with it. It was, yeah. it all comes down to, are you wearing Satan's belt or no? Do you have the right accessories or no? Have you accessorized for the devil today or have you not? Because if you have, it's, then you can turn yeah. into a werewolf. But if you haven't, then you don't get to turn into a werewolf. 
Exactly. It's like the early 2000s all over again. Do you have an unnecessary waist belt with your outfit? If the answer is no, well, you're just not that fucking cool, I guess. Yep. Welcome to to 2004, my guys. Or what year would it, <laughs> would it have been? 2009, maybe? When was yeah, the waist so, belt a thing? I can't remember. It was like, I think like 2000, like, I want to say like 2007 to like 2012. It was the era moment. of the unnecessary waist belt. I love that for us. Um, but on that note, I will read out the description for Vampire now because that that'll be mm-hmm. in your story coming up. So, yes, take her away. So, a vampire is a creature from folklore that subsists on feeding on the vital essence of the living. In European folklore, vampires are undead creatures that often visited loved ones and caused mischief or deaths in the neighborhoods they inhabited while they were alive. They wore shrouds and were often described as bloated or and of ruddy or dark countenance, marked differently from today's gaunt pale vampires, which date back to the early 19th century. Well, no wonder they rebranded. I would not want to be referred to as bloated either. Bloated and of ruddy complexion? Thanks. <laughs> Fucking rude. Like, how about fuck off? Don't make any comments on my appearance if I come back <laughs> bloated and ruddy. Yeah, don't call me bloated or... You're basically asking to die. Yeah, if you... From their perspective. Literally. Like, I wonder if the person who wrote that even, like, was aware that maybe they might be offending <laughs> Va- <laughs> vampires and that may or may not mean that they are next on the list to die vampires everywhere like we're coming for you description writer literally all right but uh i am ready to hear your story all right well let me tell you today i'm going to talk about roderick justin farrell who was born on march 28th 1980 rod's parents were just teenagers themselves when he was born in murray kentucky and rod barely knew his father who joined the military soon after his birth and was raised by his mother, Sandra Gibson. They lived on and off with Sandra's parents over the years, and Rod was cl- and Rod claimed that he was raped by his maternal grandfather at the age of five. However, no criminal charges were ever filed against his grandpa in relation to the allegations. Which is always so sad when you hear about, like, children claiming they were raped by someone in their family, whether... You know? Yeah. Well, in, in my opinion, too, I feel like children don't really have a reason to lie about that kind of stuff. And also, they if they know too much about that kind of stuff at an early age also, that's already, like, a pretty good indicator that there's stuff probably happening. It's definitely a red flag. So, when not living with his grandparents, Rod and his mom stayed in public housing. His mom supported them while working as an exotic dancer and occasionally as a sex worker. In an interview with the Orlando Centennial, his mom, Sandra, admitted to dabbling in vampirism. As a, ch- uh, as a teenager, her son followed suit. Already a fan of fantasy role-playing games such as Dungeons and & Dragons and Vampire the Masquerade, Rod fell in with other disaffected teenagers who professed to be living the vampire lifestyle. They drank each other's blood, wore all black, and listened to gothic and industrial music. An older boy who Rod became friends with was named Stephen Murphy, and he told the Orlando Centennial that he sired Rod and crossed him over as a vampire in a ritual which involved the drinking of blood. Sandra, meanwhile, sent lewd letters to Stephen's 14-year-old brother, according to the Centennial, saying that she would be his bride for eternity as part of a vampire family. Which is fucking nasty. It's... That's a lot to take in. (laughs) Uh, Well, first of all... You know what? I just... I have a lot of comments already. Let's just... I'm gonna let it go for now. (laughs) (laughs) Sondra and Rod moved back and forth between Murray and Utis, Florida, after Sondra's parents acquired a home in the area around 1990. 
While living there, Rod became friends with Heather Wendroff, who was described as a troubled high school sophomore who rebelled against her parents over the cleaning of her room and other trivial manners. After moving back to Kentucky for the 10th grade, Rod would call Heather Collect, running up very expensive phone bills under her parents' um, plan, and they eventually put a stop to it, which apparently made her very angry, according to Heather's sister. Damn kids and their collect calls. How dare they. I remember um, being a teenager, though, and also using my parents' landline phone to make long-distance phone calls, and they were like, who are you talking to? And I'm like, (gasps) friends. (laughs) They're like, why is this call $100? And I'm like, I'm sorry, I cannot pay it, I am poor. I have no money because I am a child. Yep. Yep. Um... So back in Murray, Rod told people that he was a 500-year-old vampire named Visago and began recruiting followers. His name was Visago? Because of course he did. Visago. Ah, nice. Yes. This was the beginnings of what Rod referred to as the Vampire Clan. It was a loose-knit cult of teenagers from Murray, Kentucky. A Reddit user named Visago Clan Fledging, who was a part of uh, Rod's vampire coat, allegedly, said this about his experience joining the cult and what a typical day inside of it looked like. Quote, Rod had a way of seeking out the loners and outcasts, and I was no exception. He found me during lunch and noticed my self-harm scars. He was covered in self-harm scars himself, but not from any self-hatred, rather from feeding his clan members. He asked if the scars that I had were from drinking blood, and I told him yes, which was of course a lie. He asked if I was a member of another clan, and when I said no, he asked if I wanted to join his. Seeing as I had practically no other friends, I agreed. I started hanging around the clan, and before long, he crossed me over. Typically, we'd hang out at Rod's house, since his mother didn't mind our odd habits, or at the quote-unquote vampire hotel, where we took a lot of drugs, drank each other's blood, played a lot of the vampire the masquerade game and occasionally vandalized or robbed places although that was much much less common we did have a lot of normal days where we just hang out but it was extraordinarily rare to go longer than three days without exchanging blood so i thought that was kind of interesting to like hear like a person talking about this now because Mm -hmm. this happened in like the 90s so it's interesting to hear someone reflect on it but yeah To go back to Rod, um, among the other members of the vampire clan was a 16-year-old named Howard Scott Anderson, who came from grinding poverty and an alcoholic father who abused his mother, according to Florida's Daily Commercial newspaper. Rod's behavior became increasingly unhinged. In October of 1996, he allegedly broke into Murray Calloway Country animal shelter, gruesomely killing two puppies. According to the book Vampire Killers, Rod was later arrested on charges of burglary, trespassing, and cruelty to animals. In November 1996, Rod, his 16-year-old girlfriend, Charity Calise, or Charity Kessie, Howard, and another girl named Dana Cooper drove to Eudis in Howard's car to pick up Heather Wendroff. Rod imagined that they would move to New Orleans and live together as a vampire family. You know, as one does. So they're going to go pick up Heather and then they're all going to move to New Orleans and just live their best vampire life. Their best docile suburban vampire lives, of course. Exactly. (laughs) Um, He also thought that he was saving Heather from a troubled home. According to later court documents, Heather told Rod that her parents abused her and she had expressed a desire to run away from home. In Utah's cemetery on Monday, November 25th, 1996, Heather said that she crossed over to become a vampire after drinking Rod's blood. In an interview with Crime Watch Daily, Rod says he then took LSD and went to Heather's home to steal her car 
her parents' car for their trip to New Orleans. Heather instructed Rod to get the car and go, saying, quote, I don't want you messing with my parents. Just leave them alone. Rod and Howard then went to her parents, went to her parents' house and entered their home through the garage, where Rod armed himself with a crowbar. Um, upon entering, 49-year-old Richard Wendroff was asleep on the couch, and Rod struck him repeatedly in the head, bludgeoning him to death. He was then confronted by Naoma Queen, who had been showering in another part of the house. She threw a cup of scalding coffee on him, and Rod attacked her, striking her so hard with a crowbar, it severed her brain stem, which killed her instantly. The Orlando Centennial reports after both victims were given ritualistic burns in the shape of a V, which was also like a symbol of their cult. And a lot of people who were in this cult got those same Vs burned into their skin. Rod and Howard then searched the house for valuables and left after stealing a credit card, some jewelry, and the family's blue Ford Explorer. Jennifer Windroff, Heather's 17-year-old sister, discovered her parents' dead bodies when she returned home from work that night. Heather wouldn't realize her parents had been killed until after she left town. And on November 27th, murder warrants were issued for all five teens, including Heather. Four days on the run, police caught up with the group on November 28th, and the Associated Press reported that they were tracked to... Baton Rouge, Louisiana, after Charity called her mother. The press soon went wild with the stories of the vampire clan. In the aftermath of the arrests, Rod played the role of vampire supervillain to the hilt. In an interview with the Orlando Centennial, he claimed that he was being framed by a rival group of vampires, that he had multiple personalities, and that he was trying to ditch being a vampire. Yeah, it wasn't me, guys. It was a rival group of vampires, so... It wasn't me. Like, I get I'm a vampire and everything, but, like, it was actually these other vampires that I do not have names of or know them, but they're, like, they're just there. I'm also, like, I, I know I'm a vampire. I'm trying to stop. Like, I can stop anytime that I want to. I'm just not ready yet, but, like, I'm trying to stop. I'm, like, reformed, just not, like, officially <laughs> yet. I'm a reformed I, I, vampire. It's in the works, guys. Like, come on. Give me a break. Uh-huh. <laughs> when photographed, he would stick out his tongue or sarcastically say, God bless America. Um, despite his shows of defiance, Rod upended expectations when he pled guilty to two counts of murder in the first degree at the start of his trial on February 5th, 1998. He acts responsibly and wants to live, his attorney said as his mother broke into tears. Weeks later, he was sentenced to death with CBS News reporting Circuit Judge Jerry Lockett saying, quote, I think you're a disturbed young man. I think your family failed you. I think society failed you. I gotta agree with the judge on this one, actually. <laughs> the judge do be spitting facts, though. He, he do be right, though. I hear he, he do I right. hear no word of a lie from this man. This man is reasonable and he's speaking the truth. Yes. For his role in the Wendroff murders, Howard Scott Anderson pled guilty in April 1998 and received two life sentences. And soon afterward, Dana Cooper and Charity made plea deals in exchange for reduced charges and sentences. Charity was given 10 years, while Dana received 17 years, and both women have since been released from prison. In December 2018, the Daily Commercial reported that Howard's sentence had been reduced to 40 years, including time already served, and he'll be 51 when he is released from prison. Only 17 when he was sentenced to death, Rod Farrell held the record for the youngest prisoner in America on death row, and in November 2000, the Orlando Centennial reported Rod's death sentence was commuted to life in prison after the Florida Supreme Court ruled defendants must be 17 or older when they commit a crime for execution. He was 16 at the time when he committed his crime and twice grand juries declined to press charges against Heather Wendroff for having any part in the murder of her parents. 
An Orlando Centennial profile from 2006 found her married and studying art in North Carolina, although she is still alienated from her family. And you know what? Honestly, I feel like that kind of makes sense. Yep. I do not blame the family. In fact, I actually uh, understand and probably would agree with their actions because if it's like, it's like, okay, your parents were like good and fine people and then you... Or they were people. I don't know if they were good or fine. But it was your actions that led to them being brutally murdered by a man who claims to be a vampire. So, uh... Yeah. And that's like, a little not Gucci. Her... Imagine being her sister and coming home to find your parents, like, brutally murdered like Well, yeah, that. and then your sister's gone she took off with a bunch of vampires. I'd be pissed. Like, as somebody with siblings, I would be so... <laughs> mad i would be calling them up and being like are you a fucking idiot where are you what have you done and you, she might also be worried that like her sister was murdered too or taken or kidnapped like, or something no yeah. idea well yeah you'd be scared you'd be devastated like once things I, th- I feel like once things have probably unfolded a little bit more and you're like oh okay like this was done intentionally then you'd probably be pissed but that would be so like heart-wrenching to be in that situation yeah, I, I can't even imagine. And I hope that I never can, honestly. Mm, same. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. But yeah, that is my tale for you today. That is the story of a man who is a vampire in reform, I guess. <laughs> a reformed, a reformed maybe vampire. So then is he still alive today then? He is. Oh, good yeah, grief. He's, he's still in prison. Okay, I, I am willing to place bets that once he gets out, he's just going to make another vampire cult. Oh boy, I hope not. <laughs> I have my theories. But uh, yeah, I suppose that brings us to the end of our episode today. If you liked our show, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. It helps us in the charts and being able to reach out to more listeners. And if you want to check us out more, we have a website, which is www.wheelofcrime.com. Um, if you want to submit your own story to us, whether it be werewolves, vampires, or other, you can email us, uh, wheelofcrime at gmail.com. And we have a Patreon if you would like to donate to the show and maybe get a little something back from us, which is also at Wheel of Crime on Patreon. And we have social medias that we do announcements on. That is on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, all at Wheel of Crime as well. Yes, and... Next week, you can look forward to another episode of Spooktober. We're going to be talking about modern day witchcraft, which Mm -hmm. I'm very excited about. Yes, it'll be a very interesting week, to say the least. Yeah, so with that being said, that's our show, and we'll see you all next week. Bye! Bye!